Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. proposal uh, for 3.6 million for Perdido Key Beach public access property acquisition and construction uh, is appreciated you know, as an effort to better manage public parking and access to Perdido Key beaches and to enhance Perdido Key as a whole. So, but <laughs> this is uh, Perdido Key Association Director Charles Krupnik, who uh, I always think of him as uh, sort of the mayor of Perdido Key. He just kind of represents the folks out there consistently, you know, uh, whenever he's talking to the county commission. Uh, I don't think that's exactly his title, but that's how I think of him. He speaks for the uh, the, the people in Perdido Key and, and often against Commissioner Jeff Bergash, who, you know, uh, acquired... Perdido Key through the redistricting process very deliberately took it over from Doug, Doug Underhill and pushed him out of the district, uh, which is its own special saga. But anyway, uh, Charles Krupnik sounds like, you know, he's kind of for this, but then he says, okay, the money that y'all are looking at is going to go for... While the proposal lists potential amenities for Perdido Key's beachfront area, it's not specific in the allocation of funds, though presumably the bulk of the $3.6 million, uh, if granted... Uh, would be used to acquire beachfront property for public beach access and parking. Which, again, all on its own might sound like a very good thing. Oh, here's a bunch of money. It's going to come for public beach access. Yay! As PK has pointed out in the past, uh, the 2020 Perdido Key survey of Perdido Key property owners uh, did not find support uh, for additional beach access locations, only 25%, or for expansion of current public beach access locations, just 29%. Uh-oh. And 75% of those responding to the survey also hope to keep Perdita Key pretty much as it is, uh, although an urban center along Perdita Key Drive is anticipated by the Perdita Key Mass Plan. So the problem is that the county, Commissioner Bergash, want to use money to expand public access to Perdita Key beaches and you know this comes in all kinds of forms, like opening the the most recent Perdido Key public access point. Also trying to you know make a lot of hay over the access to the waterfront that is you know basically in the legal structure of the leases that people can walk out by the water across all of that property. Remember this from you know last year was it maybe that they were going through all of this and that's pretty much just become a fact now. And uh, you know on the other hand. Okay, which he says is a good thing, and which I'm sure many people think is a good thing. The question is, do the people who live on Perdido Key think it's a good thing? And the answer is apparently not. You know, about uh, 25% want more beach access space, uh, like places. 29% want more land at the existing places, and 75% want uh, just could you please stop screwing with Perdido Key? We like it how it is. We like living here. We don't want it to be Pensacola Beach. We don't want it to be this, or, you know, Orange Beach. We don't want it to be anything like other places. We want it to be what it is. A little bit of public access is fine, but, you know, turning it into a public Panama City or something is, you know, we don't want that. 
So that's what he was getting up there to say and saying, look, you know, would you please, when you're making your decisions about this, consider what the locals want. It's hoped that any restore or other funding for Perdido Key uh, considers the opinions of Perdido Key residents and property owners, as well as the objectives of the Perdido Key master plan. You know, which you're also supposed to pay attention to. So he's speaking, and of course, Jeff Bergash is the commissioner to whom he is most speaking because it's his district now, you know, after the takeover. Uh, but Jeff says, uh, yeah, I don't really agree with you at all, and I don't really care much what you say because... Charles, thank you for being here, and thank you for your work as an advocate for Perdido Key. And I agree with you on a lot of things, but I would certainly tell you this. Um, the west side of Escambia County, which is District 1, and includes Perdido Key... Whenever I do a town hall, one of the questions that I ask is, do you support us opening more beachfront access in Perdido Key? And it's a sea of green cards. You've been to a number of my town halls. Yes. You've seen that. So I'd love to know, you know who, the, who the majority on your survey who, who don't want that. Well, he told you it's owners of property on Perdido Key. And I don't think that that question asked to people who are primarily Perdido Key residents would get that same response. You know, it's one thing to ask that question in a town hall in Beulah. It's another thing entirely to ask it at a town hall on the key or maybe even close by or on Interarity or somewhere like that, right? But what he's saying is that, uh, look, um, I don't believe you, even though I think he's probably knows that it's accurate. And he says, uh, you know, doesn't really matter because the people who don't live on the key, well, they want access to the key and tough for you. Because here's the ancillary benefit to, to owners out there and property owners and visitors. Right now we have a parking issue and a lot of people park illegally. If we provide the appropriate amount of access out there and parking, that will diminish that problem. It will diminish it. I think that's fair, but it will also encourage more people to come, right? I mean, just if you think about it logistically, if it's hard to find parking for the public beach accesses on Perito Key or Johnson Beach, if they fill up and flow over, then uh, what do people do? Well, they learn over time that that's a difficult place to get in and they go somewhere else. What Jeff seems to be saying is, uh, well, if we provide more parking, then we take care of this problem, which um, fair. Okay, people won't get discouraged and go somewhere else. Uh, But also more people will want to come, which will make the problem continue and or grow. Right. If you take away the pain of going to Perdido Key in the public beaches, then that's good for the people who want to go there. But it also means that that access and travel there and efforts to park there and the things that change the nature of the key when people want to do that, those all become worse, right? I mean, that's both both are true, okay? Uh, so he says, look, um, I'm listening to you, but... While I, while I respect Perdido Key Associates and your surveys and things like this, I respect more the will of the voters on the west side and, you know, opening up beachfront access for their enjoyment is a top priority. So the other people in my district don't care what the people who live on the island want to do. So I'm going to do what the rest of the people want, not what the people who live. It's a weird way to represent an area that you just took over. I mean, it's kind of like I was trying to think, like, well, how would this work if, you know, Commissioner Bender, who represents Pensacola Beach, um, said, eh, you know, my, my District 4 is real big. And um, I don't really care what the people who are the leaseholders on Pensacola Beach think or what they want. Um, We're going to do what the people who live in the eastern half of the city want. I mean, that's a weird way to represent an area, right? And I don't know what 
I don't know what the better answer is. I bet if I lived in on the west side of town, I'd probably want uh, what he's saying for the beach too. But if I lived on the key, I'd probably not want what he's saying for the beach. And so the question is, you know, does Perdido Key belong to the county? Does Perdido Key belong to the west side? Or does Perdido Key kind of belong to kind of why there was an re- wanting to re- incorporate Perdido Key now? And not just Perdido Key, but the west side, right? Because if, you know, you incorporate, then you'd be able to thwart something like this, right? So... Anyway, I just thought it was an odd one, and I'm going to let his final comment stand here. Luckily, like I said in my prayer, we can we love this country. We can agree to disagree, but I'm going with what the majority want, and the majority want us to spend money and open beach access at Perdido Key. 519 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. The Milton Mardi Gras Parade is Saturday night, rolling at 5 o'clock from Milton High School. Catch the beads, then join in the after party with food trucks, kids' activities, live music, and more. See crewofairshippirates.com. The third annual Pensacola Pot de Gras event downtown on Garden Street is Sunday from 11 to 4, a day filled with lots of paws and family fun. Visit pensacola.com for more. Submit your events at newsradio923.com. This is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we have represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Set up a consultation and take the first step. For matters in Tennessee, visit CordellCordell.com. 200 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Suite 1000, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37402. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Sometimes I struggle to get to sleep. My body stopped for the day, but my mind is still running. So I take ZQuil. ZQuil, the world's number one sleep aid brand, has a range of non-habit-forming products to fit you and your family's needs. Invest in a great night's sleep for the best you tomorrow. I'm awake and ready to take on anything. Better days start with ZQuil nights. Explore our products at ZQuil.com. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. 4 to 7 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. If only you had been born a man, what a Caesar you would have made. I got a couple questions about the uh, public safety, the, the right-of-way ordinance. Uh, it, it goes into effect five days after, like like all ordinances do, uh, which will be Thursday, January 25th. Um, I know our obviously our PPD and officers are aware of this and will be um, uh, you know out enforcing it. We are going to do uh, as other communities have done with similar ordinances. We're going to do a grace period to just make sure that folks who don't understand the rule, you know, we're not uh, you know trying to play gotcha with anybody. Uh, that we were going to do a 30-day grace period, so um, so we might be writing warnings or be giving warnings out uh, for those 30 days for folks that may not have heard the news. That was Mayor Reeves talking during his press conference on Tuesday about the new public safety ordinance, what you might think of as the anti-panhandling ordinance uh, that's uh, really is in effect as of today. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit with uh, Pensacola Police Chief Eric Randall, who will be here at 7:35 to talk about that. 
and uh, the red light cameras and the, you know, maybe talk a little about the Uvalde report as well, because I've been asking all of my law enforcement people about that this week because I think it's important. 523 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Superior Wisconsin is going to be visited by President Biden today. He'll be promoting uh, the billions being spent on infrastructure here in the U.S. The White House says he'll be giving a speech on uh, Bidenomics as well. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says he's moving forward with the lawsuit to prevent federal officials from cutting the state's razor wire barriers. Of course, those barriers have been placed on the border near Eagle Pass, Texas, as part of Operation Lone Star. And uh, today, NASA is paying tribute to those who've lost their lives while furthering the cause of space exploration and discovery. Uh, They're having a Day of Remembrance ceremony at the Kennedy Space Center. Where was uh, Joe Biden going to be speaking today? Superior, Wisconsin. You think they feel that way? Uh, Well, (laughs) I don't know. It's Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of anti-North Midwest to feel... Better than anybody, right? You know, everybody's kind of supposed to be your equal, yeah, not supposed to look down on anybody, you know, just do your job, keep your nose to the grindstone, pay attention to your own business, right? Very Minnesota, Wisconsin kind of values. So it's kind of an odd much, thing for yeah. them to like, you know, to, to name themselves better than everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an odd one. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 437 Um, Oh, this. <laughs> I don't want to get into this, really. I kind of do want to get into this. Have you. Have you watched TikTok at all? Do you ever do you ever watch anything influencer type people on TikTok or social media at all? Do you pay any attention to this stuff ever? Well, if you haven't noticed, and maybe you have, women particularly on TikTok or Instagram videos speak a certain way. They talk differently than, you know, normal humans. And some have said that it is a Kim Kardashian style of speech. Others have noted that it's the sort of upticking or upnoting of your sentences. There's also the um, kind of growling, gravelly sound that goes on in uh, your voice. But here, this is one post about it. So a lot of people make fun of the like influencer accent. If you're imitating like someone's Instagram stories and you're like this white Sherpa sweater and just some leggings and i just wanted to hop on here that voice we all know it it is so funny because i agree that it is unnatural and it doesn't make sense and it's like internet accent but i challenge you to try recording a video where you're talking through anything to do with like your outfit your hair your makeup it's almost impossible not to do it the first time you try trying to like force yourself into a normal cadence that you talk to your friends with while filming a video for the internet it's like you're almost conditioned to talk the way that you're hearing things just try it now what i think is fascinating is not what she is saying but what she's not highlighting because when she talks about internet speak or what some people are calling the um, tiktok accent or tiktok some people are calling it she then falls back into what she considers to be, you know, like normal ways of, you know, like speaking when, you know, like we talk like this. <laughs> her, her back to normal voice sounds very Valley Girl to me or Internet Girl, if you want to think of it that way. But this is the new way that women talk. And linguists will tell you that the way young women talk tends to shape the way the culture talks. And part of this way of speaking 
is, as she said, some people said it's to avoid the uhs and the ahs. So you speak a little bit more slowly and you transition from words to the next without the normal breaks between them. Is a part of floor holding strategy that you're talking in such a way that tells the person you're not done talking, even though you've taken a pause because you haven't definitively answered the question or finish the sentence. You see what I'm doing? I'm sending a cue that if you talk now, you're interrupting me because I haven't quite finished what I'm trying to communicate. That That's what she's talking. That's part of what she's talking about. There's also the vocal fry thing. You know, vocal fry, that's when you slow down your uh, the air moving past your vocal cords enough to make that kind of low... Uh, you make that sound only you do it quickly so it'd be you're talking uh, with someone uh, that's the way of ending words typically or sentences with that very very common for people i think i might have a sample of it here hard to find videos with young american women ending practically every sentence in vocal fry the risks of public wi-fi sometimes outweigh the benefits benefits the director of it? mobile product marketing for samsung samsung talk to us about some of the that downbeat with the vocal fry at the end samsung yeah, that, and that's not even like the, the and most that's a very mild. Case. Oh, oh no, yeah, that's very. very mild. There are just some things due to biology that men can do that females can't athletically. That Ooh, you hear it? Athletically. So when I'm using a product and I want you to try it, yeah, that I I can't even do it. It's so awkward, particularly. But you've heard this, and this is a common thing that is sort of so common on social media that as the one woman said when you try to do a video you feel that you're outside of your your normal accent because that's the default way of speaking on TikTok and Instagram that's the TikTok or the internet accent or internet voice or viral internet all these different things you know or Kardashian speak so Great. <laughs> this will be another thing. And now, there's some truth in the idea that women, young women, do tend to shape. They they tend to be the influencers on language. But there's also a truth in that they usually don't win the whole war. Because a lot of those vocal habits that you would have called Valley Girl in the you know 80s or that today might be this or in between, don't necessarily take over. And at some point we say enough is enough you've got to speak the english language properly but there you go just so you're aware so when i jump on here and i want to talk about this stuff people i just wanted to make a quick video about you know what i'm let's <laughs> just pay attention oh man happy days 5 30 on news radio 92 3 informative local dependable oh i predicted something yesterday and it came absolutely true I told you, uh, I gave you a prediction about what was going to happen in the state house with a couple of bills, and uh, I couldn't have been more surprised pleasantly to find out that I had my prediction exactly right. Tell you about it coming up next. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. 
Former President Trump may testify today in his own defense against the writer E. Jean Carroll in New York City federal court. A jury in a separate trial last year found him liable for sexual assault and defamation, awarding Carroll $5 million in damages. The defamation damages trial was delayed this week after the former president's lawyer was exposed to COVID-19 and a juror tested positive for the virus. Fox News' Kristen Goodwin. The Supreme Court declines to stop the first ever U.S. execution by nitrogen gas depriving the inmate of oxygen. Corrections officials in Alabama are planning on carrying out a death sentence tonight for Kenneth Smith found guilty of murder for hire. An attempt to carry out his sentence in 2022 using conventional lethal injections failed and he lost a court battle with Alabama officials who informed him they would use nitrogen gas instead. Fox's Evan Brown. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 68 degrees right now in Pensacola. Cloudy, a little bit foggy this morning as well. There's uh, serious questions now about the future of Milton's plans for their new wastewater treatment plant. During a city council work session last week, Scott Collins, the new city manager, explained that time has now run out on deciding how to move forward. The council wants to move forward with the plant but they'd be looking at what basically amounts to a 30-year mortgage payment between three and a half and four point seven million dollars a year. We have to do phase one and phase two to generate capacity. We're going to have to um, at least do the spray fields to generate capacity just to get out of the out of the treatment plan as we have today. So right now, as we look at this, and the calendar is not our friend because we're under the consent order to be 100% out by December 31, 2025. Another option would be to ditch that project altogether and enter negotiations with Pace's water system to send their wastewater there. Collins says that would lead to about $3 million per year in operating costs. A Pensacola woman is now in jail, accused of firing at least 12 shots into an apartment last Tuesday. Escambia deputies say it happened at the Jasmine Creek Apartments on East Nine Mile Road at around noon. 23-year-old Nikeria White is facing multiple charges, including attempted murder, domestic violence, and firing a deadly missile into a dwelling. Investigators say she showed up to the complex and walked up to the apartment of somebody she knew and started banging on the door. After not being able to get in, she allegedly fired gunshots into the apartment with damage reported to windows, a toilet, bathtub, and a bed. Two people that were inside, thankfully, were not injured. White was arrested a short time later at the CSL Plasma Center on North Davis Highway. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Thank you very much, Joe. The Santa Rosa School District has announced their Teacher of the Year. Superintendent Dr. Karen Barber and members of the school board paid a surprise visit to a central uh, to a central school music teacher, Crystal Bennett, yesterday. I can't thank you enough for choosing me. It's a true honor. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking of the others that absolutely deserve the same recognition. Um, and, and for me, it's just incredibly special. And with that recognition, Bennett will be Santa Rosa County's nominee for the Florida Teacher of the Year for 2025. That winner will be announced next January. A pilot program aimed at helping domestic violence and human trafficking victims by offering them free doorbell cameras is now expanding it, uh, into South Florida. It's called Project Protect. Survivors seek protection, and this will give them protection outside of a simple piece of paper, an injunction. It will give them a better assurance that there are eyes on their doors. 
Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody says with thousands of injunctions being violated that doorbell video cameras can be used as evidence in courts. Uh, Miami-Dade State Attorney says last year alone her office received nearly 8,000 reports of domestic violence offenses. It's 535, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast this morning. We are going to be seeing some wet conditions today. 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, otherwise mostly cloudy skies, high near 70 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 63. High chance of rain continues into tomorrow, scattered showers and thunderstorms, otherwise cloudy with a high near 70. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 62. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. 68 degrees in Pensacola. 66 in Gulf Breeze, 68 in Milton. Your next news at 6 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Building-related illnesses. We get a lot of calls for this. Who do you know that is sick from the building they're in? Hi, this is Todd with Gulf Coast Air Care. Building-related illness symptoms include coughing, sneezing, headaches, itchy, watery eyes, and a host of breathing problems. At Gulf Coast Air Care, we have the solution. We can inspect, clean, and treat your AC system so you'll feel great. If you have dust issues or health problems that you feel are related to your home or office building, you should give us a call. We'll share the tips and secrets you need to know for a comfortable, healthy indoor environment. Gulf Coast Air Care is at 850-934-2768. Our service will extend the life of your air conditioner and your system will be much more energy efficient too. Let us help you by cleaning the most neglected system in your home or workplace. At Gulf Coast Air Care, we take pride in the certifications and the licenses that we hold. If you want the best quality and award-winning customer service, you can find us on the web at gulfcoastaircare.com. Edit, Sarah. Serious cleaning, Gulf Coast Air Care. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College on the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Key Marine Center is sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. It's a dream team, so join them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR TV News on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. for House Bill 1, a bill to be entitled an act relating to social media use for minors. But when it comes to social media, it follows us everywhere with addictive little pings and algorithms that keep us constantly turning back to it, turning down sleep, turning down food, so we can keep up with the latest uh, what's going on in our community or uh, streaks or chains so we don't miss out. These dopamine hits are so addictive it's like a digital fentanyl, and even the most 
plugged-in parent or a tuned teen has a hard time shutting the door against these addictive features. That's Representative Fiona McFarlane, one of the two co-authors, sponsors of HB1, the social media ban for anybody under the age of 16. Regulate 16 and 17-year-olds, and then 18 and up, you just have to have age verification in order to prove that you are 18 and over. So we're all, anybody who's on social media is going to have to go through age verification in order to keep your social media account active if this bill gets passed, if this bill becomes law, if this bill withstands litigation. And uh, the cons on this bill, uh, Representative Daryl Campbell says, As a state, with this bill, we are telling parents you are not fit to be a parent to make the best decision for your child. This is a complete governmental overreach. The second concern I have with this bill is enforcement. And fair and parental rights is also something that's come up quite a bit in this. We talked quite a bit about this yesterday, but this is... This is really big stuff for Florida and for the nation and for our children. That's why I'm talking about it so much because this is a, you know, when I first read this bill, I thought, oh, wow, that's aggressive. And the more I have heard and thought and, you know, listened to the arguments pro and con, I think, man, this is, this is momentous. At least I hope it could well be. Now, there will be drawbacks to banning kids from social media. In 2015, there was a four-year-old kid by the name of Ryan who was watching kids review toys. He turned to his parents and asked them, why is he not, why is all these kids on YouTube and he not on YouTube as well? Which, by the way, just think about that for the moment. That's the whole point of why it has to be banned and not decided on an individual basis. He's granting the opposition. He doesn't even know it. Because it is the peer pressure to be on and to do things a certain way that is the problem, right? But this story goes a little different direction. And so with the assistance of his parents, they developed Ryan's Toy Review. Within the first year of doing this toy review, he earned $3 million. Now called Ryan World, in 2023, he net, his network is $140 million. Agreed. It's going to suck for that family. There's no way around it. Yes, if you ban kids off of social media, then you're going to lose the ability to make money on kids because the kid won't be able to be the account holder and the audience won't be there unless they use it through their parents and if the other kids might watch it with their parents or through their parents' accounts or something like that, right? But, you know, the basic idea, uh, the easiest way to do it, it, it won't really be possible. So what's the response to this? Well, part of the response is thinking about, you know, everybody else who's involved in this conversation. And what is the net benefit involved in this? And so, for example, Kevin Chambliss, who is also a Democrat. Okay, there were a lot of Democrats in favor of this bill, including one of the co-sponsors, Michelle Rayner, who is, she is a black, liberal, lesbian civil rights attorney and she was one of the co-sponsors of this bill so this is not a pure republican bill there are a lot of the democrats in the state house who were on board with this bill kevin chambliss one of the democrats who was in favor of it says the cyber bullying the cyber stalking even the sexual exploitation i have seen the worst of the worst when it comes to the social media platforms so I could not in good conscience not say anything 
because the truth is it happens. The truth is people use these platforms to prey on our children. And for every success story, I would counter that with a negative story of exploitation and ask yourself, which one do you want to be responsible for? We will lose the entrepreneurs, but we will stop losing the suicides and the overdoses and the trafficking victims. That's your trade-off. And that's what he's saying is we should have never put this on our kids in the first place or let our kids get put on this in the first place. I don't think our children should have ever been let on social media in the first place. And if it was your child that was being threatened, your child that was being trafficked, your child that was being preyed upon, I ask yourself to relook at this situation. We don't want our children speaking to strangers. We shouldn't allow a mechanism in which they can speak to strangers all over the world. It's not very often that you find a policy proposal that is so dramatic and has such widespread bipartisan support. Really unusual in public policy. How widespread is the bipartisan support? Clerk will lock the machine and announce the vote. 106 yeas, 13 nays, Mr. Speaker. So the bill passes. 106 to 13, that bill passes. Overwhelmingly bipartisan. And what's interesting, too, by the way, remember, what did I tell you yesterday? I said I thought HB1 would pass by a big margin. What did I say about HB3? That's the porn identification. We'll see you got to prove age in order to, you know, get access to porn online. Uh, They run this bill. What do you think the vote was? What did I I say about that one? It was likely to be? Um, Not unanimous. Oh, I said it was likely to be unanimous. Have all members voted? The clerk will lock the machine and announce the vote. 119 yeas, zero nays, Mr. Speaker. Wow. The bill passes. Right. 119 to zero. Why? Because nobody wants to be the, no, 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 porn's for everybody, y'all. <laughs> we don't need age verification for that. So Paul Renner, who's the Speaker of the House, did a little gaggle press conference afterwards and talked about this and answered some questions. It's a great day today, a bipartisan moment when we rarely have bipartisan moments these days uh, in which we uh, protected children and defended childhood, both in HB1 and HB3. We know, if you've ever seen The Social Dilemma, that the architects of social media deliberately design these platforms to be addictive. And, and what we know now, and we have known, the social media platforms have known for many years, is that it harms children. You've heard some of the tragic stories today from our three sponsors. Um, and, and knowing this, they have not done anything because they're able to monetize those children. And so if you have addiction and monetizing a child uh, and harm, there's a name for that. It's like human trafficking. It's digital fentanyl. It's a different kind of human trafficking. And by the way, when you're talking about the sexploitation, the, you know, lift your shirt, show me a picture. Okay, well, if you don't show me more, then I'm going to send these photos to all your classmates. Okay, here's more. That's all the time. Hey, meet me at a place. It's cool. Hey, you, you, meet, you met me at the place. I'm 30 and you're 16, but you want to go to this hotel? Sure, let's go to this hotel. Okay. Hey, is it okay if we take video of this shirt? And then you post it. All the time. This stuff happens every day. It's insane. And that's, again, I've, I've said, tried to make sure you understand at least my perspective on this is, and also the Bill's perspective. It's not just the content that kids have access to. 
It is also the thing itself and what it does to brain development through the dopamine hit, through the infinite scroll, through the, you know, pressure to check and check and stay on top of it and updates and just all of that. We should have more guardrails for an eight-year-old to see hardcore pornography than are you over 18, click yes or no. That's the HB3 perspective, right? So he says he hopes HB3 is going to advance in the Senate. The governor is going to sign it. The question, of course, is about HB1. And he says, look, we're working on it. And the Senate's working on it. Where do you think it stands in the Senate? Uh, have you heard from President Pasadomo, you know, whether she supports sure. it as is? Yeah, we're working very, very closely um, with Senator Grawl, who's extremely passionate on this issue. I have talked to the president multiple times, and she's obviously spoken favorably of it. So we're working very, very closely. There's not any, you know, disagreement on where the bill's headed. All I would say is that we have a, a few more weeks in the Senate, a couple more weeks as they move through committee. So. Uh, I know everybody's going to continue to pour over the language, and if there's something we need to trim up, we will. But we really like the product we passed off the House for, but we're willing to make changes as that goes through the Senate. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. And by the way, one of the questions was, why don't you name? Is this Twitter? Is this Snapchat? Is this YouTube? Who's this going to affect? And and Renner says, it would be inappropriate to name particular names because that's not how the bill works. The bill actually, the, the revised version of the bill, puts a whole list of things that it has to do in order to be eligible to be banned. And he even says if they want to make a safer version of it that doesn't do these things, they can work around the bill. There's a solution built into the bill if they want to make something that's safer for kids and doesn't have all these addictive features in it, which I think is probably – that's the off-ramp he's hoping they'll take. I don't know if they'll take it or if they will simply sue. They'll probably sue and then take the off-ramp if they don't win is what I'm guessing is going to happen here. You know, Somebody texted in and said people don't really get the ability to make good decisions until they're maybe in their 20s, you know, which is true. Why don't we let kids make contracts? Because they're not able to make contracts. They don't have the capacity. Why is it that at least we used to say they couldn't engage in physical affection? Because we used to think that was not something they were capable of choosing, including the consequences for them. We allow more of it now, but is that working for us? And I'll and, and try to give you my, my best argument for HB1 that is you know, as succinct as I can make it. You ready? You're 50, you're 40. Okay, you're least in your 30s, but if you're 40 or 50 or older, have you ever said anything like the following? Man, I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was a kid. Have you ever had that thought? Because you look at all of the horrible things, embarrassing things that are permanently, you know, this is going to go down on your permanent digital record kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, thank God all we had was, you know, disposable cameras. <laughs> And even at that, we didn't take photos the way they do now, right? Thank God there was no video when I was 15, 14, 13, 17, 20. Uh, you know, right? Well, if you've ever thought that, this is your chance to act on that thought and give today's kids the gift of the kind of culture that was only possible when we didn't have social media for everybody. That's what I think this bill is really about. Aside from protecting them from predators, which is equally an important thing, right? 549 News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. So, yeah, that passed. The question is what's going to happen in the Senate. We'll see. But uh, overwhelming passage of both of those bills uh, yesterday in the House of Representatives. 437-1620. Always feel free to disagree with me if you like. No words or agree. You know, either way. 437-1620. If you're thinking about that next vehicle and you're trying to decide brand new or not quite brand new, uh, Frontier Motors. 
Great place to buy. Good quality used cars. One, two, three years old. Low miles, great condition. Maybe four or five. You know, some of the trucks have a little bit more mileage on them, but that's okay. They're going to last a long time. And the point is you buy them then, and you don't have to, so you don't have to pay the depreciation hit. And, yeah, you won't get the new car smell, uh, but you get the use of the car for a long, long time. It's the kind of car that Dave Ramsey recommends buying, that I recommend buying. That I mean, it's really the way I, I always buy cars that are a year or two old, and then I drive them until they're like 15 years old. That's how I do. So, you know, if you don't want to do it that way, well, that's fine. You can always drive for a couple of years and then, you know, go for a newer one. But the point is, it's used cars you don't have to worry about. And you can sample a lot of them. There are about 300 cars on the lot, all different kinds of makes and models, all in one place. Easy to shop amongst them. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years. Behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me tomorrow on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 is accepting applications for employment. Periodically, we have openings in sales, business, news, promotions, engineering, production, and programming. We'll keep your application for consideration when such an opening occurs. We also provide internships for qualified students. Apply online at News Radio 92.3 or at our studios at 7251 Plantation Road between 8.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. ADX Communications is an equal opportunity employer. News Radio 92.3 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It gets the people going. Good morning, 5.53 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I was talking just a minute ago about this HB1 and HB3 that have now passed the floor of the House in uh, Tallahassee and waiting on the Senate and then the governor. And somebody uh, texted in and said, um, you know, I had told my 20-year-old grandson about this bill, and he said, good, all caps, two exclamation marks. And, I, you know, my response to him was, or her, I'm not sure, uh, was, great. And I know some people have made the argument or have the view that it's the kids who are going to rebel the most against this. I think it's the kids who are going to welcome this the most, frankly. Now, it won't be all. 
won't be all. But I think it's going to be a lot of the 20-somethings that are going to say, you know, almost, almost like, why didn't you protect me? Good for them. Why didn't you protect me? 554 on News Radio 92.3. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The defamation trial of former President Donald Trump resumes today. It had been delayed due to some COVID concerns with a juror and some members of Trump's legal team. Uh, this trial, of course, solely to determine how much money she'll get, if any, Carol seeking $10 million. No word yet on whether the ex-president will be testifying. Alabama is preparing to perform the nation's first execution with nitrogen hypoxia today. Kenneth Eugene Smith will be put to death uh, after the Supreme Court declined to stop the new execution method. And uh, a familiar face returning to The Daily Show next month, John Stewart returning to the program. Uh, he'll apparently be hosting The Daily Show Monday nights through the 2024 election beginning February 12th. Great. <laughs> he's very entertaining. He's very smart. He's very liberal. That does not bother me. I, I like good entertainment, good, thoughtful entertainment, and he falls in that category. And, and of course, you know, he was the original, right? The ori- He started the show. Right? I, the Daily Show was John Stewart was the first host. Right? I believe so. I'm pretty I sure. Was, so. Yeah. And I, then they added. I never Col- really watched. And then it. Colbert was oh. like a bit that they grew into a show, right? Right. As so. well as uh, the the other hosts that eventually uh, what Trevor was Noah. Um, no. Even before that, the guy um, I can't think of his name. He looks like my friend Scott, so I call him Scott, <laughs> but he's not Scott. Oh, all right. Looks like your yeah. friend Scott. Yeah. Good, good for him reference for me. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> he talks like this. <laughs> David, thanks so much for the update. I'm looking for. I, I like The Daily Show. When The Daily Show is good, it's very good. At least the monologue. I don't know. I kind of, I usually watch about eight minutes when it's on. And I've, I've enjoyed having the comedians on, the, the you know, bullpen by committee kind of host, where it's this week it's this, these people and the next week it's, that, I've found that to be fairly entertaining, you know, because the ones that are good, it makes you sad because you know they're leaving right away. And the ones that are bad, you're like, well, they're leaving right away. So that's good. That's, you know, you can't really win on that. Four three seven sixteen twenty. The ongoing, uh, what's the word I want here? Upsetness about how you've got the uh, snub against the Barbie movie, right? The Barbie movie got snubbed because Greta Gerwig, the director, did not get a nod for best director, uh, even though she's, I mean, the movie is fantastic, obviously. And also, you had Margot Robbie, who did not get a nod for best actress, even though she's fantastic in the movie. So where things get kind of interesting is you now have people like Ryan Gosling, who did get nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and he has said there's no Ken without Barbie, and there's no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, the two people most responsible for this history-making, globally celebrated film. No recognition would be possible for anyone in the film without their talent, grit, and genius. To say that I'm disappointed, he's just saying what everybody else is thinking, he says, I'm disappointed that they're not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Against all odds, with nothing but a couple of soulless, scantily clad, and thankfully crotchless dolls, they made us laugh, they broke our hearts, they pushed the culture, and they made history. Their work should be recognized along with the other very deserving nominees. Now, here what's fa- here's what's fascinating about this. Good for him for pointing out the stupidity of having such a blockbuster culture-shaping movie that did not get a nod for Best Director or for Best you know Actress. But also... How does a guy stand up for the rights of women when it comes to a movie that's about patriarchy and not look like the white male savior? Because 
in using the male argument, what some people will say is, thanks, but we don't need your help. <laughs> we don't need you to open the door for us and argue for us. You know, you might be an ally, but the whole point is that people will listen to him because he's him. This is something kind of interesting about that, and uh, might be fodder for a transgressors segment tomorrow. I'm mm. just saying, you know, There's might no, no be, Ken without Barbie. Be, that's right. That's right. Four three seven sixteen twenty. Uh, oh, Vladimir Putin's world is getting smaller. As now, uh, you've got Hungary and Turkey. Turkey are getting out of the way and saying that Sweden can become a member of NATO. We just added Finland, and now Sweden is on the path because uh, Turkey and Hungary have basically said no. Th- Turkey voted to allow it. And Viktor Orban in Hungary said he's in favor of it. And their legislature comes back on February 15th and will presumably vote. And so by the uh, middle of February, Sweden might be the newest member of NATO, which would give everybody all around the Baltic Sea, except for that little bit that Russia has access to, would all be NATO allies. Very interesting to see what's happening in Europe. 